Oh yeah, we're great. Hey podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Hey, well, happy Thursday morning. It's episode 137. This is the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom. And what's the other thing? Opportunity. That's correct. In your life, in, in, in your family's life, in the lives of those around you, of your customers, your employees, your virtual assistants, your development team. In India, I'm talking, this is a real opportunity. It's a business thing. Yeah, by the way, uh, I heard Rihanna, she's got a new song out, and she says business a little bit different than uh, me, you, and even Trampka say business. Business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make that a cliffhanger for the next episode. Today, you have already previewed uh, the captain, the co-host, a man so cultured, he knows a funny car isn't just a scion with oversized rims. Rams. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Pop quiz hotshot, what are the best rims of all time for an old school Mustang? Ooh, good question. Not an old school Mustang like your dad's old school Mustang, like your old school Mustang. I'm talking about like a Fox body. Ah, Okay, uh, I'd have to go with the, uh, well, I'd have to go with the old school wheel on the Fox body, so that would be a torque thrust D. Ooh, that is a yeah. good rim. It's a solid rim. All right, some quick news. Just in the DC, I saw an interesting question, and I thought I'd put you on the spot. Someone asked, did they think that we would have a successful podcast if we didn't have success with our physical products business? What do you think? Um, good question. Well, success is relative, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> We're sitting here... <laughs> In a room doing our podcast in Bali, you could probably hear sweeping in the background. Yeah. So it's not like we don't have a studio yet. Or it's not like, like a radio studio. This isn't right. drive time. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other thing I think is having a point of view, and this is something that uh, Seth Godin on his last episode of the Startup School. Again, guys, if you haven't downloaded that, phenomenal. Bagged on the interview format. I don't know if you got to that last episode yet, but he basically said, "Hey, look, the world doesn't need more Charlie Roses," and I think a lot of people feel this like. People don't need just the next person presenting the next bit of information. People are looking for things to join. In other words, if you're going to start a piece of uh, like a podcast or a video blog or whatever, why not have a point of view? Why not stand up and say, someone said to me the other day, um, they were saying to me, you know, I, I don't feel like I fit in the dynamite circle. It's not, you know, that's that crowd is, has these sets of values and I have these sets of values. And uh, my first reaction was to be sad. You know, it's kind right. of a, a bummer. You know, I wish it's not the same thing. Like if I had a, uh, say, a book that was about um, how to run a PPC campaign. Well, that pretty much would apply to anybody who's into a PPC campaign. But if you're going to have a point of view about what you think the world should be, about where your values are, uh, and we're pretty opinionated guys, it's not going to be for everybody. I think that's great. I think that, you know, I don't know exactly who this was. You just brought this up right now. But yeah, yeah. I think it's great if you feel like you don't fit in um, because that means that you've aligned yourself with something else and you're hopefully moving You know where you stand. Direction. Exactly. That's exactly it. So if you think we're knob jobs, then that's great. I think that about us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got some iTunes reviews. There are some people on this planet who think we're worthy of five stars. Fernando says, a must-listen podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs. Five stars. Just the goods I listen every week. Thank you, Chris. And diff, what is this? Differentiate between builders and the parasites. 
Terry is, I think, identifying us as a builder. I hope so. And not the parasitic version. Thank you, Terry. By the way, Terry, thank you for the wonderful email that you sent me. I will be responding shortly. Speaking of shouts, Ian, I was hanging in a forum the other day. Hanging in the forum? You're new to the forums. I've been hanging out in the forums for years. Power user, man. V Bulletin. I'm all about it. All right. right. (laughs) Somebody wrote this great comment. I just got the podcast number... 50 and the information is so dense it should have a few planets orbiting around it that's clever hey we got a phone call from chris at primalpow.net let's give her a listen dan and ian it's uh chris he's been here with www.primalpow.net i was listening to a couple episodes ago sounds like you guys are going primal paleo which is awesome i've been uh paleo three years myself and uh there's no looking back Anyway, wanted to send you guys a uh, complimentary membership to our system, PrimalPal.net, and that is a primal meal planning application. Love for you guys to check it out, and uh, hope to see you in there, and have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Chris, got to say, man, beautiful website, um, very much in line with the way that Ian and I are taking our lives, so thank you so much. Um, You know, a primal exception, I got to say for myself, I'm going to go check out the website. I know primarily we were not into the websites and technology <laughs> thing, but I'm absolutely, I love, I love the MacBooks. You got to make exceptions. Yeah, you got to make exceptions. Yeah, thanks a lot for the membership too. I'll be checking that out. Cheers, Chris. All right, let's do a primal meat and... I don't think potatoes are primal. Let's pass on the potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just some meat. <laughs> <laughs> so for today's meat section, wow. Things have really gone downhill. We're going to uh, present to you guys uh, the Kamikaze Sample and five other online marketing stunts. This is a way that you can get attention, generate leads, generate the cash, the cheddar. The cheddar isn't paleo either. What are we going to do? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be able to roll with the paleo this week. All right. Number one technique. We're not going to start with the uh, Kamikaze Sample. We're going we're gonna to tease with that. We're going to start with the traffic piggyback. Um, this is a really important technique to understand. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of akin to this idea when you start a new product, you go out there in the marketplace and you hold your breath and you're like, I hope nobody else has my product. Right. Bad impulse. You're going to want to hope that other people have this product. That means there's an established market. And again, we want to stress that a market is a cash flow, not a demographic. Right. Right. So cat owners, demographic, people who buy cat furniture, market. Correct. Okay. So, and more specifically, litter hiders. That's a market. People who buy litter hiders, that's a market that's happening, a cash flow that you can tap in your syringe and pull out profits. Correct. Okay. So, the traffic piggyback takes the same principle and applies it to traffic. Basically says, where is the traffic? Go in there, do something similar, differentiate yourself, and score tons of traffic. So we're talking about surfing waves versus creating waves, potentially? That's exactly right. You want to surf the wave. And the interesting thing about the traffic piggyback technique is it's like a lot more efficient than creating the wave, right? So the momentum is already built behind that wave. You're just going to get on your board and you're going to kind of surf it in. That's exactly right. And so it's the classic, you know, sell what they want, give them what they need or, you know, however you want to say it. But give them what they're asking for. They're already out there asking for it. Look at here's here's you know I, I told this story before on the podcast, but I think it's important underlining because it was so successful. When I look out at other blogs, people are like James Aldiker, James, call me, man. You're so good on this weekend startups. I love when James comes on this weekend startups Friday afternoon news roundups. 
currently, along with Six Pixels of Separation, my favorite business podcast. Here's another example for you guys. <laughs> Wait, hold up. I went to James's blog. At the top right-hand corner, it's like, this is, everybody's like, this blog is just like yours, Dan. It's very similar. At the top right, it's like, this is the most popular thing I've ever written in my life. So I wrote a version of it for my blog. Right. It was like one of the most popular posts ever. <laughs> it's like science. You know, it's, it's just a, piggybacking on his just genius. piggybacking the traffic. Here's another example. We started the Portable Bar Company about a year ago. We started making bars that look very similar to the competition. Yes. That's okay, right? Because there's enough, luckily, there's enough pie for everybody so far, there seems to be. Yeah. Um, and so we're selling initially a very similar product to what everybody else was selling. Why? Now that That's we're what in people the market, want. Yeah, exactly. But now that we're in the market, we're able to do some pivots, we're able to make some tweaks, and we're able to really drill down on what we want to serve our customers and what kind of market we want to create. And by the way, you weren't a traffic piggyback copier, you were a traffic piggybacker. So what were the differentiators you had in mind when you got into that established cash flow? Right. Uh, regarding the portable bars, yeah. we thought we could do something a little bit different um, and, and provide like a professional portable bar. So something that had some um, some features to it. So, you know, these portable bars on the roads. Yeah, sure. They Drive use, down. Um, what does it got? They use knives. So there's a knife holder on there. There's a cup holder. There's a towel rack. Uh, we had it fitted so you could put keg shanks in there. So you could potentially run tap beer nice. uh, from your portable bar. And that's a big you're, you're telling me. There are portable bars on this planet that you can't put a keg of beer in. That's correct. And ours folds up. And you could have put a 55-gallon drum underneath it's it. It's insulting. You're doing the Lord's work by starting this portable bar company. It's, 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 I can't believe it. It's insulting. Just a little piggyback. <laughs> Number two strategy, develop affinity partners. This is massive. At the Tropical MBA, I pulled up our referral traffic, Ian. And like the top six people that have sent us traffic are not only people we've met, but people that we love to hang out with. So these aren't people that we use and abuse. Well, occasionally. Tim Connolly slept on my couch. <laughs> I think my cat probably abused him. Well, let me tell the story of the affinity partnership between uh, this podcast and Foolish Adventure Podcast. One of my favorite podcasts. Legitimately, I, I listened to Tim for I don't know how long I listened to him before I mentioned him on the show. And I linked over to his the favorite episode that he did. And I was just like, you know, honestly, I was like, this is fantastic this is a great show go listen to it it wasn't a few days later that me and tim were on the phone i think we realized we had a few things in common say philosophical rambling and, and one thing leads to another and then tim's flying to the philippines we're doing business together and uh you know that's a that's an affinity partnership and we're getting tons of traffic from foolish adventure foolish adventure probably getting tons of traffic from us i haven't looked at, in the old analytics but this is i think a long-term sustainable strategy is to reach out to those people in the marketplace who have complementary businesses who you can develop a long-term affinity partnership with the traffic implications are massive you see this all the time with the big boys i think um jay moore you know he'll go on to the joe rogan podcast and the next week joe rogan will go on jay moore's show right these guys are affinity partners yeah They're it's like the com it's like the show. comedy syndicate exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> number three this is one that <clears throat> We had been using to great success in the product business. Yep. And then I was on the phone with Shramco. Business. Talking some today. Business. <laughs> <laughs> today, uh, or yesterday. And he said, hey, you need to be building the invisible list. And I really I said, like this. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Whatever do you mean by this invisible list? Well, you've done it before, so why don't you explain it? Yeah, we do it in the product business. It's uh, basically you cookie people and then you remarket to them. So um, I'm susceptible using... to cookie cooking. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Chips ahoy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so you, you uh, leave a tracking cookie on people's um, uh, on people's browsers, and then when they visit other parts of the web, they're, they're served advertisements from your site. Um, I think we just actually moved back, uh, according to Dave Huss, I think we just actually moved back to uh, Google. Again, I think we're using something like AdRoll or something like that, but we moved back to Google because I guess they're... Um, their system has improved. You know what I said? I said, James, man, I don't have anything to sell. Why am I going to build this list? And you know what he said to me? He said, you're going to have something to sell someday. That's long ball, baby. I don't know if he said that, but the cool <laughs> thing, it's, the principles there is like you can be building this list starting tomorrow, put the remarketing cookies on your website, start building the invisible list along with your real list, and then you too will have something to sell someday. We should have uh, Dave Huss on the uh, show um, because he's been doing a lot with this for us, and it's been really, really effective. I mean, we're seeing some serious ROI. Uh, one of the things that we have noticed is ad fatigue. So I think um, there's gotta be some kind of metric, and I'm sure we're working on this, but I think every one or two months, you're gonna kind of re-up on these ads yep. that you serve to people, because they do get ad fatigue. So that's something that we're doing right now is we're going back through our campaign and we're remaking our ads. All right, so if you guys want us to do a big, long, boring episode about paid advertising, come to the blog, give us your vote skis, and we will pull it together. We can do that. Yeah. We're doing a lot of paid. How much volume do you think we're doing? Does it make sense Paid? to say? Yeah. Um, in terms of dollar amount spent every yeah. month? Yeah. Thousands. Thousands of dollars. So, I mean, we have a full-time guy managing it. Yeah, it's been huge for us. So, uh, We should do know, it. We should do the episode. Absolutely. Know? The days at SEO are, um, it's a lot different than it used to be. And if you're just starting to launch a product, I think paid traffic is the way to go by cool. far. Very cool. All right. So, number four technique, and this is one that... Actually, we're, we're recording this podcast really late because we had a lot of interesting uh, follow-up on this technique called the kamikaze sample. We've done this a couple of times, um, and I think the first time we did it was at the conference with the big booth thing that we made. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. You want to tell that story? Or you want to tell the Corolla story? Uh, let's tell the uh, let's tell the booth story. Okay. Yeah. So um, we were making parking equipment um, then, and. Um, Basically, the technique is this, is that you make something that somebody didn't ask for and then you deliver it to them. Yes. Uh, they're surprised, they're amazed, they love it, and then you follow up with what your product or service is to them. So it's kind but of here's a, the kamikaze a correlate part. to doing free work. It's a, it's a correlate to doing free work, but it's a spectacle in front of the marketplace. So by bringing the bomb podium, what was it? It was like a booth. or th What was it? I can't remember what it was. It was like a service yeah. counter. Yeah. Okay, it was a service counter for like a hospital or something like that. Right. This was like how many years ago? Many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so powerful guy comes to us and says, hey, you know, two minutes. Maybe I could use one of these things in my hospital. You know, get lost. I'm, a, I'm some big rich guy. I got to drive around on my yacht now or something. So me and you go to our workshop for like the next year and we're like, we're going to build this freaking service counter for right. this guy. Come back, kamikaze sample in front of the marketplace Everybody sees it, so now this is the interesting dynamic. If he doesn't act on that sample, guess who's going to act on it? Correct. Everybody else around him. So you're right. The distinction between the kamikaze sample is you can't just send the sample. You have to do it in public. So I've made this mistake before where I've done free work and I've sent it to somebody, but I've only sent it to them. So it just like goes to their inbox and they don't have to share it with anybody. They don't have to show anybody anything. And then what happens is they decide not to do anything about it. You've wasted your time. Which they often will. You waste your time. You don't want to get yourself in that situation. And here's the cool thing is this is like that feeling of a lot of times people will buy things to keep it out of their competitor's hands. Correct. And with this particular sample, we cut an exclusive deal on that design Correct. with them. Yeah. And that meant six figures of business. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, do you want to tell the Corolla story yet or just part of it? Or? No. 
Not no? really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it could, promise me you're going to come with the goods on that one. Yeah, we're doing some work. Okay. Number five, forum marketing. Here's what I heard on Mitch Jill's podcast last week, Ian. The number two Facebook or number two social media attunement or sort of platform in the world, your guess. Forums? That's right. <laughs> that is right. Number two after Facebook. Insane. It's an insane stat. So I got to ask you, if you're marketing, everybody's SEO, SEO, SEO. Where's your forum strategy? Right. It's a great way to drive traffic, especially in the automotive industry, because that's where all these guys hang out. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy to get a lot of eyes on your product really early. It's so easy to get a ton of eyeballs. I mean, I posted in uh, MJ DeMarco's forum. Um, it's a place that I've hung out in the past. I've done, I've done a sort of a phone call with those guys over there, and it's a good forum. It's, it's a great book. I love MJ's stuff. And so I went there the other day and I was procrastinating. I was like, you know, why don't I just like make like the best post I could possibly make and then hang out in this forum and answer everybody's questions? Because I, I could really provide a lot of value there because people trying to make the change, you know? And I just went there and I hung out. And I think that post has like, I mean, it's only been up for a week and a half. It's like 8,000 views or something. We're getting tons of traffic from that. Yeah, tons it's one of, of the top, uh, top posts on that site. We should link over to that. Yeah, we'll link over to MJ's forum. And it's going to be cool because if you get, I mean, depending on what forum you're in, if you're in like the most popular posts or whatever, you're going to continue to get eyeballs on what you're doing for the long term. Now, this is important because when you're in a forum, you're on other people's territory. Right. So you have to be respectful of that community. I mean, people aren't going to tolerate you just going in and like telling them, hey, here's what I do. Here, Check it out. Community. That's BS. You have to, you know, you have to really care about their territory and your product and, you know, making that relationship. I have a long term relationship with that forum and I knew the crowd there and I knew the kind of information that they might have wanted. You can't just go in there and be a D-bag. Yeah, it's like you, you got to understand the house rules. I've seen this like go bad so many times. Like uh, I think there was an IAMA on Reddit. Who yeah. was that? It was Woody... Uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yeah. I mean, he, he's a cool guy. But. Totally. He, he, but he went in there and he basically... All he did was promote his, uh, his movie at the time. And everybody in there wants to hear like what Woody eats for breakfast, you know? Right, right. And if you've read a couple of IAMAs before, you know that's what goes down in there. So you kind of have to... Uh, you kind of have to cater to the audience that you're speaking sure, to. Sure, sure. Good yeah. news for Woody is he's got a lot of cool to cut. Yeah. Like he's, he's got a lot of cool to give. But if you have a new business and you rock up into a forum that's established, especially in the audio auto industry, heaven forbid, and you go in there and you make an ass of yourself, just make sure you know the house rules. Exactly. All right. All right. Number six, we're going to call this double tap communications. Boom, boom. <laughs> All right. This one is, is it works really, really well. It's something to think about. So if you send out an email to a group of people and then within the next half an hour, send a second email in particular to the segment of the list that didn't open your email. You can send it to the whole list depending on what your strategy is here, but this can have a, a dramatic effect on your open and click-through rates. So it's the kind of thing like, if I were to send you an email that said, uh, you know, uh, there's a, this amazing thing that I just did, come check it out. And you're busy, you might be like, meh. But then five minutes later, I send a thing, oh, I totally forgot. Uh, there's this other thing that I forgot to tell you about. What are your chances that you're going to be, what is this, what is this bonehead up to? I'm going to take a look. If you want to see the pros in action, the guys that do this all the time, my junk email box is filled with them. Eben Pagan, Frank Kern, those dudes. I yeah, mean, well, they do but, this stuff that, kind of religiously. An important lesson there, though, is, you know, it's in your junk inbox. Right. So, well, they do it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, you know, a lot of people, um, like, when your strategies are so apparent, 
I think the biggest thing is that you really have to care about what you're doing and you got to care about your end users more than you care about your own benefit. When you do that, people are going to see through. It's like, look, like, yes, we're trying to rope this guy in by showing our sample to the public. But on the other hand, we spent six months building this amazing sample for him. I don't want to send it to his warehouse and let freaking, you know, whoever's running that thing make the call on it. You know, I want to make sure that I got the audience in front of the industry that he's going to be able to make a judgment. Um, and it's the same thing with with the double tap communications. It's like make sure that you're providing value. And like when you're gonna do a launch or something, or when you, it's really important to get eyeballs on something, figure out a reason to send people a couple emails about it. It's not that hard. Like three or four emails. What's gonna happen? You know, don't just blurp it all into one email because I might not open that one. I might not know there's something going on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So here's another example of the double tap, and this is something that we do. And this is what I call like the double tap with the phone call. <laughs> so uh, we'll send them an email. And then um, if it's really important, um, a lot of times we'll give them a follow-up call. Yeah. Um, but we won't call them about the email. I should say we won't call them about the content of the email. We'll call them to make sure that they receive the email. Yeah, Freudian slip there. Exactly. Content. All right. Let's get moving on to just the tips. Great stuff. Uh, I'm excited to hear the Corolla story. Just hold your horses, man. <laughs> All right, just the tips. I got a tip. Hey, I don't know when the last time we talked about Google Forms is, but I'm going to double down on this because I just want to reiterate how useful Google Forms have been. I mean, we can use them for everything. They're fantastic for polling your audience, for product delivery. Say someone signs up for a product, send them the link to the Google Form and have them fill out. Um, Basically, they can give you a whole profile about what they're looking for, what they want you to deliver to them, what their email address is, and it's all into a spreadsheet. Yeah, instead of spending time shuffling through 100 emails, now you can just do this on these uh, forums. It's actually pretty... Forums. 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 Business. 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 (laughs) Business. It's actually pretty cool. You know, if, if... on the first Tropical MBA event, we did not know about Google Forms. And this is why I'm, I'm really pushing it. It literally would have saved us hours and hours and hours of our time. But here's the big kicker. It would have made our product better too. Because we like you get yourself in a situation where if your customers are giving you all this information, it can slow you down and so you don't get the information. But in the Google Form, if it's all neatly organized in a searchable sortable spreadsheet, that information can empower you for all time and always, rather than just having all your customers send you essays via email, and you can't really act on that information. Right. All right. Today, we're going to play you out with a fantastic track by Cascade. Part of the reason I like it is for the first 15 seconds, I'm pretty sure they pulled it just from GarageBand. So any of us could have at least done this, and right about now when it starts vamping in with the really good stuff, I think that's probably a higher end tool. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this Thursday. We look forward to seeing you next week. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do.